Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up, the journey begins now. All right, guys, welcome back to our second episode with Eric Gilmet. So we left off with how he transitioned from being having a degree from um, math, and, math and economics and pursuing modeling career. So Eric, for us, I'm curious to know your thought process, because I remember when you told me, hey, Fitz, I'm a full-time model now. And I was like, woo, you know, so it was, it was such a good conversation when you and I were talking about that. As, as long as your thought process and modeling and fashion and being full-time we know that you said money isn't everything for you you shouldn't be going after the money and i love how you called it out that male models average salary is garbage because it's true it's a struggle right what made you keep pursuing i guess is my question what made you say hey this is what i love to do and how did you get that energy from you sticking to your actual awareness and also your ambition what was really great was I fell in love with the process and the journey of my day to day. I'm someone who lives very much in the moment and that I had to change my, the way my brain thinks uh, because I used to always be wondering, you know, what was next or plan, preparing for what was next as opposed to just enjoying every single day. And once I started enjoying every single day, you know, doing a photo shoot here and then doing another photo, which led to a photo shoot in, you know, I don't know, Houston, and then that led to a photo shoot in Miami, and then that led to a really big page shoot in San Luis Obispo, and like it just it just built and built and built, right? And because I was just actually concerning my mental awareness, because I was just concerning myself with what I was doing and, and how much I was enjoying that, it never felt like work. It was just something that I loved doing, and it built. So uh, at first, you know, for the first few months, I didn't make a lot of money doing this. But then once I actually was able to really evaluate, like, uh, how much value do I actually add as a model? And I learned that I was, you know, it's okay to say I'm really fucking good at what I do, you know? And, and, and I, I knew that, you know, and it's like a lot of people don't know their value. So then they don't know how to, how to present themselves because again, you have to think about yourself like a business. So I learned that I was really good at this. I learned that I can make a living off doing this. And now I make a really good living off of doing something that I love. No, that's just so amazing because it, it takes a lot of people, potentially even their whole lifetime to realize that. And then maybe they didn't even do anything about it. So the fact that you realize that so early on, now you're 27 years old and you're like fully engaged in this, this state of like energy and happiness. You can see it as you're talking about it too. Like you're, <laughs> you're smiling, the, the energy is coming out. So it's like, I hope that people who follow and want to learn from you are taking that and actually implementing it for their own lives to actually find what that is for them. Because it's also great to hear someone say that, that they found it for themselves and then not do anything about it and just take that as like a hope for themselves someday. So I really hope people do implement it for themselves based on what you said. Yeah. And it, you know, it's a terrifying thing kind of going out on a limb and, and chasing that dream. You know, most people's dreams die in, in, in the graveyard with them because they never actually pursue them. And if I can recommend anything to anyone, especially if you're young, um, if you're younger and you don't have a you know a family that's relying on you, if you don't have a mortgage payment, um, you don't have a lot of risk for reasons why you can't chase your dreams. And I think that a lot of the the teachings that we have in our 
you know, normal society is, you know, you graduate from college, you go get a really good stable paying job, you start saving for retirement, you know, you buy this, you buy that. And then you could blink and you're, you know, 40. And then you're like, crap, like I just went through this time warp of me just preparing to buy stuff. And I didn't actually think about what makes me happy. Who am I? You know, like, what do I like doing? You know, and it's like, if you actually take that time to kind of step back, evaluate, see what actually makes you tick. And then once you find out what does make you tick, take a risk. I'm not saying like throw, you know, go all in on something financially. Like you should always have some sort of a safety net, which I'm so thankful that I had fitness coaching for because that was my, my side income while I was able to kind of go through this journey. But if you're able to do that, then you're able to do, if you're able to do that, if you're able to take that little bit of risk and just go all in on it, you'd rather go through your life knowing that you tried at something that you truly love than wake up one day at, you know, 50 years old and you're like, shit, man, I, I wish I gave that a shot because, you know, who would have, who would have known what my life would have been like? Or if, you, or if you are 50 and you're listening to this right now, it's not too late because there's always a time. Again, I know that there's never a perfect time for anyone to do anything. Uh, if, if coronavirus has shown us anything that is very adamant right now, that there's never a perfect time for something. But I, I'll tell you what, you will be a happier person knowing that you tried and failed versus never trying at all. So good. I got nothing fits. I, I know. I'm like smiling. If, if to all our listeners were like grinning. Thank you, Eric, for that. So well, let's let's talk about fitness as we shift gears here and how as an influencer. And I know, I know, I know this. The so our listeners, I know Eric that you don't like you don't want to be called as an influencer, right? Because like you tell me that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not an influ- I'm like, well, you kind of are. You kind of have like 79k followers, right? So it's but I know that with your hesitation that comes from within. I know that that comes from a really good place from your heart. And my question to you is how do you lean into self-awareness and humility for the most part? Because as we all know, let's get real, as fashion and modeling, I would say is one of the stigmatized ego-driven industry, right? Like they just get looked at as like, oh, this pretty guy, very attractive. But when talking to you, Eric, I'm like literally talking to a neighbor, you know, it's like a, you're like so genuine. So how do you deal with the judgment with being under stigma from other people? And how do you balance like the attention and humility at the same time? If however you want to answer that. Of course, I'll answer that a little backwards. So I'll say that your inner circle that you surround yourself with is a really important part of staying grounded. You know, like I, I very well could just be caught up with, you know, again, the, the, a lot of the, the stigma around Los Angeles is it'll chew you up and spit you out because, you know, you can get surrounded by some really negative people. For me, I, I have two best friends. They know who they are, Jeff Violet and Craig Levergood, and they are my, my grounding platform. They have kept me grounded. They are always there for me. They're the, the type of friends that will fly out on a whim if I need them to, and they have kept me grounded throughout this entire process. Now, again, because I have a lot of the, the background that I've gone through, like living a normal life almost before modeling, I have really good connections with who I am and like what, what life could be like also from traveling. So that helps too. But for the most part, like, I don't see any reason for anyone to be, to be a dick. You know, I don't see, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't just be nice to people, you know, be, be a good soul. Because I think that for, as jaded as the world can be sometimes, the people who really make a difference in this world are the ones who are, are doing things for good reasons and, and, and are nice people. So 
that is something that is probably just part of who I am. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But outside of that, I'm also just, uh, I think that having that mental approach to the world helps you. So really just, again, all of this takes a little bit of taking a step back and just evaluating. And again, that's the, the mathematical brain in me of actually like st- stepping back from a situation and seeing what it looks like on, on a bigger picture. I guess like macro economics or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. taking a macro approach to micro situations. Such a genuine answer. I'm loving all this. I don't know about you, Sam. Yeah, no, it's, it's just so cool to hear someone with a, a similar thought process and that you're doing it in such a, a different space than, than I've ever even experienced. So it's like, it just goes to show that like, if you implement these things, you can take it in whatever direction you want. And these are very common threads that like you're sharing. I, I keep hearing these themes of like, who it is you're surrounding yourself with the things you're putting into your mind and allowing, you know, reversing stigmas, if anything, from, you know, what the industry you're a part of could potentially represent. But it's just so cool to hear it from, from your perspective and how well it's played out in your life. So it's just really good all the way around, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Like, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking things that, you know, really big influences have said, you know, like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and, uh, you know, Eric Thomas and uh, uh, Wes Brown, you know, all these like big motiva- uh Tony Robbins, all these big motivational speakers that uh, I've, again, I don't even listen to a lot of them anymore, but these are just like principles that they've all taught over the years that, you know, that I've taken and, and implemented. And, and that's why, again, I didn't come up with a lot of this stuff. I just took what they said and did it. And, and it shows that if you actually do take things to heart and you, you believe in yourself, you know, you, that, that's another thing that, I mean, again, we could have this conversation for hours, but a big thing of this is having the self-confidence and the self-belief more than anyone else that you interact with. Again, I, I know when I walk into the room that I'm going to be the most confident person there. And that has not, that did not come overnight. That took a lot of uh, practice and, and perseverance and, and finding out who I am to be able to make a lot of these situations happen. And to go back, because I didn't answer your question, the reason why I, the, the reason why I don't like being considered an influencer is because the typical influencer is just considered someone who goes on and just floats products that, you know, they get paid to talk about. And it, it just kind of is like a, it's almost like a little bit of a negative connotation. Uh, and I don't want that association with me, you know, and that's why I don't consider myself an influencer. I know I have a ton of influence, but for the general reason of that, that's why I, I'm not a huge fan of the word influencer, because if you say influencer to someone who's over 40, especially, they just think of you as some TikTok, you know, yeah. twiddle thumbs guy, you know, and that, that's it. Yeah, it's like this manipulative um, kind of just like anyways. But I was just saying that it's a good segue to get into that other question I have about this. And thank you, Eric. That was such a, a good light. And my next question, and let's, I'm going to get real here a little bit. Like everybody, like. Let's get real. <laughs> we've been real already so far, but I'm gonna, just going to get deep dive a little bit more. I'm going to dive a little deeper here. But everyone knows, Eric, you're a very attractive guy. And what's on the outside for you? Like for me, my question is like, if somebody looks at your, your Instagram, has there been a barrier for you connecting with other people? Like, I think I know the answer to this, but to our listeners out there, because has there been people that kind of just been nervous approaching you in a way? And if there was, how that was like, you know, how did you handle that? And 
is there like an art to that, you know, for like our, for our listeners out there? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, uh, you know, there, there's prejudgment in everything that we do, you know, before you meet someone, I don't care if you're the most unbiased person in the world, you will have some mini judgment about them before they even open their mouth. It could be from their body language. It could be from what they're wearing. It could be from what they look like, what they sound like or whatever. And, and I know that because I'm an underwear model, I'm a swimwear model. I, I have a, a, a pretty decent physique for what it's worth. And I, uh, I know that a lot of the prejudgment around people who probably look like me is, well, that guy must be an absolute douchebag, you know, and, <laughs> and, and that's just the way it is. And so I almost love actually proving people wrong and, and taking people uh, by surprise of when they actually meet me and then getting to kind of actually talk to them. And then within five minutes, they they're like, oh, my God, like, this is not what I expected you to be like at all. And so that's one aspect of, of the whole prejudgment thing that I like. But then uh, to answer the other part of your question, I, I know that I'm an attractive guy, but I don't want that to be the reason that someone likes me or wants to be around me. Like, again, I will use that to, to be able to be a model. If, if I wasn't, if I was an unattractive guy, I wouldn't be able to live the career that I'm doing. So I know that that's just part of it that goes into it, but I'm not going to use that as a cockiness aspect to then get me into whatever situation I'm doing, you know? So there is a little bit of an art around it, but I also think it just speaks for who I am as a person that I don't want to just use my looks to coast by for everything that I do. I like actually being people being able to see me for me and see past just the, the hard exterior that everyone sees on, on photos and stuff. That is so powerful because I could say I'm one of those people, right? Like for me, of course, let's get real. There's there's a few judgment when I first saw Eric, but at the same time, after actually talking to him and, you know, we, we would just talk all of a sudden, we would get into all these deep conversations, whatever we are, whether we're in a bench or in a locker, it's just, I was like, and I would walk away, Eric, I, I don't think I've told you this before. I would walk away and I was like, that guy was actually really cool, you know? So it was actually really down to earth. So thank you. Just to let you know that there goes your validation. It's working. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Cause yeah, like that, that means more to me. The impact that I leave on someone from talking to them means more to me than uh, someone just looking at a photo of me or, or, you know, whatever, because again, especially in the digital age of Instagram and social media, Number one, people can doctor their photos and make themselves look pretty very, very easily. Um, and I'm and I'm pretty blessed that all my photos are, you know, I love I love my professional images and they're just taken by the photographers and you know polished uh, up a little bit and they're and they're they're what I'm putting out. I love when people are like, oh my god, you look like you. I'm like, yeah, I I, I didn't I didn't I didn't use you know I had this this um, person I was hanging out with and they showed me this app called Facetune and this was like four weeks ago. This is very recent. And I had never known what Facetune was. And they were showing it to me that you can like change someone's hair color. You can make their face smile. You can do all this bullshit. And it's like, so what, why would I judge someone based off of what, just what they look like? Cause I know from being in this industry that a lot of the people that are in this industry are actually really genuine and have like really big hearts, but you would never know unless you actually talk to them. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I know Boyer is, is starting to, you just you just stem the thought in my mind where it's like, you know, a picture speaks a thousand words is the cliche, but I feel like the words that you speak can actually change people's lives. And, and maybe maybe the words speak a thousand words is, is probably, you know, a better way to put it, you know? Yeah, I, I actually like that you brought that up. Yeah, it's like uh, just just the amount of realness that you're you're having when you're 
knowing people may be either positively or negatively judging you based on the way you look, which that can go on all sides of the spectrum, right? But I, I think the message that that you're getting at is just that how you treat people and how you interact with them says way more about who you are than like how you look. And oftentimes when people, you know, treat someone well, that person actually views that other human being as more attractive. So it's, it, yeah. it really does play in a lot more than people think like having a good personality or being a genuine human being caring about other people that goes way beyond literally <laughs> being a model like yourself. That's a huge part of your career, but that's such an other level that you're accessing. That's really cool. Yeah. That, I, I love that you just said that. So I'll share a little secret with, with you guys and the listeners. Um, I, I've done a lot of over the last year, few years, I've done a lot of uh, castings for like dating shows. Now I've, I've never actually gone on a dating show, um, but I've, you know, been, I've auditioned many times or been asked to audition for like, uh, the Bachelorette, Love Island, Temptation Island, like literally name a show. And I probably have had some sort of conversation about it or audition. And one of the things that I always say on those uh, auditions is if you're a 10 on the outside, but a zero on the inside, you're a zero altogether. And uh, that's, it's, that's something that is literally just me speaking my opinion of how I also not, not just approach dating life, but approach life in general. Because if someone comes up to me and they have all this money and, you know, they're wearing all the fanciest clothes, but they're an asshole, guess what? You're like that, that's my judgment of you. And that's how I perceive you. So who you, who you are as a person, who you are on the inside speaks volumes. And that makes you more attractive on the outside than anything else. Whew, such a great insight. I swear. Are you sure you're not a therapist, Eric? Because you're making <laughs> it feel so good and it's so better. But as before we wind down on our second segment, Sam, do you have any other questions or no, I honestly, I feel like I could, I could sit here and, and pick Eric's brain for, for hours. So I, I won't go any deeper on this one. Cause I know we've got more to talk about, but uh, I'm all good on my end. All right, you guys. Well, we'll end the second segment here. And then on our third and last one, we'll do the entrepreneurship. So thank you guys. 